What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast, where we sit down with top athletes, performers, scientists, experts, and more to learn what the best in the world are doing to perform at their peak and what you can do to unlock your own best performance. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. We've got a great guest this week, Josh Hart of the Portland Trailblazers and Villanova fame. Uh, but first, a reminder, you can get 15% off a WHOOP membership if you use the code WILL. That's W-I-L-L. Comes with the new WHOOP 4.0. Okay, this week's episode, Josh Hart. Josh is coming off the best season of his career, something he attributes to an increased focus on rest, recovery, and nutrition. He explains how WHOOP plays a critical role in his performance and tells us what he's learned from his WHOOP insights both on and off the court. Josh and I discuss his journey to the NBA and how his dad would take him down to the courts late at night so they could practice together, winning a national championship at Villanova, and how his experience there prepared him for the league, what he's learned about sacrifice and how that benefits the very best, how competition fuels him and how he looks at his WHOOP data competitively. And we run down his WHOOP data from the best game of his career. Should come as no surprise that when he woke up rested, recovered, and ready to go, He dropped 44 points on the Wizards. Okay, without further ado, here is Josh Hart. Josh, welcome to the Whoop Podcast. Nah, man, appreciate you guys having me. I've been seeing it, and now I'm happy to be a guest. No, we're lucky to have you. I've followed your career uh, closely from Villanova and now a star in the NBA. Uh, Let's go back for a second here. Did you always have this dream of being a professional athlete, being a, a star in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely had the dream of being an athlete. Uh, I loved baseball growing up. So I played baseball and basketball. Uh, and then I finally kind of just got more serious about basketball, probably in my middle school. And then since then, it was just like I, I would have played the highest level. Uh, and obviously that was the NBA. And my dad, you know, did an amazing job in terms of just helping me as much as he could, um, as much as his basketball knowledge led him uh, to help me. And, you know, luckily I got there, but now it was always the dream. So your dad, Moses, was a chef and he'd come home like late at night, I understand, like 8, 9, 10 p.m. And you'd go out and shoot hoops with him at like sometimes as late as 11 p.m. And he read about how Michael Jordan like was working when other people were sleeping. So why can't Josh Hart? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, We lived down the street from a school called Montrose Christian, which was actually at the time a really good. Stu Vetter was coach there. KD went there. Gravis Vasquez, you know, some. some Yeah, sure. They were like a huge powerhouse in terms of high school basketball. So they had it's called the annex uh and it was like a little it was really just a parking lot like just a big parking lot uh that people parked at for games and those kind of things and i had two full basketball courts you know just concrete outdoor courts so uh when my dad would get home from work you know he'll drive up there uh drive you know park at half court put his high beams on and just flat and so we have some light uh you know on the basketball uh basketball hoop and we just go out there and just shoot hoops or just do drills to do those kind of things for you know hours at a time so it's something that that was fun because i loved basketball and it, and it, it gave me great time just to kind of hang out with him and grow with him at what point did you realize you were really good probably sophomore year in high school i knew i was, I was pretty good and i knew i would definitely play at the next level but in terms of get, like pro i knew probably during or after my sophomore year and I was like all right like 
you know, I, I actually really have a chance to make it to the league and I really have to lock in on the next year or two and really develop so I can be in that position to, to get there. Well, basketball is an interesting sport because height and athleticism play such an important role. And mm-hmm. in high school, you know, it's a little unclear how your body's developing. It sounds like around sophomore year, you're thinking, okay, I've got what it takes. When you were thinking about where to go to school, like why did Villanova stand out? So the biggest thing for me was I felt that Coach Wright would help me develop in two areas. Obviously, you know, on the court was the biggest thing. They had a, a, a really good pedigree with guards. Dane back with Scotty Reynolds, Kyle Lowry, Randy Foy, Mike Nardi, and I can just go down the list. You know, so they had a really, really good pedigree in terms of developing guards and those kind of things. But also, they were very high character. Um, I knew I was going to really develop. Uh, as a man and and become my own person off the court Uh, and that's something that really stood out to me and it was something that I kind of wanted to you know what did my college experience to be like Uh, you know obviously first time you know living away from your parents really uh, on your own and it really shows you who you are and I wanted to be around uh, good people high character people a lot of people that he was recruiting were the same kind of person that I was and that's kind of what I wanted because, like I said, it was first time growing up. I mean, first time being on your own and, you know, you really start to find yourself and find out who you are. And I you know, wanted to be around high character people to help me, you know, find that. What were some things you started to find about yourself? I mean, as as a young man living away from home for the first time? There, there was there was a, a couple things. One, I realized, like, I was social, but like even now, like uh, I'm social but I don't really have like real close friends. And that's something I, I kind of realized that I never really let too many people in. Um, and that's something I kind of wish I didn't do a little bit in, in, in college. You know, if you look at me now, all my friends date back since high school. Um, you know, obviously I had my teammates at Villanova and guys that I have really, you know, good bonds with and that, but like people that I talk to every day is just all people from high school. So I kind of learned that about myself and I kind of wish I wasn't as closed off a little bit, uh, you know, as I was then. So that's something I kind of learned and kind of wish I, uh, I wasn't, but it was that. And then, um, I started to realize that, you know, I was just kind of like my own person. Um, I, I think a lot of times when you're growing up, you do, um, what your parents want you to do, or you do, or you follow kind of in your siblings' footsteps, uh, and, and you do stuff that they do or, you know, hand me down stuff or do those, or those kind of things. But I kind of really realized that, yo, I'm my own person. I can make my own decisions. And I really started to kind of become my own person. And I, I think that was the biggest thing. If you think about the friends around you at that time, uh, what were they saying to you as you started to take off as a, as a basketball player and become, you know, a national star? It was cool because... Teammates wise, um, you know, you've been in a locker room today. Like usually, like you always, yeah. you hype each, you hype each other up, and you and you do those kind of things. So whenever you're in the locker room or you're on the court, like you think get a guy and those kind of things. But it, it's cool. Um, just a friend that I had, they always would keep me level headed. My my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, would just kind of keep me level headed. Those guys, when needed, you know, knock that ego down to <laughs> to, to to appropriate size. So it was kind of cool because I had a little bit of both, uh, best of both worlds in that situation. 
Well, it's, and it sounds like you met your uh, your now wife in in college, which must have been a fascinating high journey school. for both. Oh, high school. High school, yeah. High wow, school, good for you. High school sweethearts, I guess. Uh, that, but that's an amazing life partner to find when you're in high school and have her be with you through your whole uh, successful career, and you know, kind of see you through that whole journey. It's something cool because obviously I have like a like I said I'm really closed off, so I have a re- obviously a really good bond with her. Uh, went to high school, we met each other. I think I was 15, um, 27 now. So we've known each wow. other for you know 12 years. We dated, um, or I guess been together, you know, up till now, which is you know almost 11, you know going on 11 years. So you know someone I look to, you know, for all things, someone I confide in. You know, it's always good to have someone that. That, that knew you before, once you get to be a success, you know, sometimes you have to question why people are around. Are they are they around for, gen, you know, because they're genuine uh, people? Are they around because they want something from you? They want they want to live the lifestyle. They want a kind of kickback or something like that. So that's something that I was, you know, I was looking into the future. That's something I was always worried about. And being able to have her as someone that's, known me since i was high school when i had no money that was paying for my <laughs> that was paying for my for right. my meals or, my, or, or dropping me off at school or dropping me off at the house and those kind of things um it puts things in perspective and you know it, it's helped me you know get to to where i am you know it's funny listening to you say that i mean it's crazy to think what a star you were at villanova but at the same time you were worrying about uh you know meals and and basic expenses when you know, the NCAA in general was was profiting off of your success and, of course, a lot of your teammates and other players. Like, do you look back on that now as a successful professional athlete who's obviously made a lot of money? Like, do you look back on that being kind of crazy or do you just sort of accept that's the nature of, of the program? Um, both. And, and obviously now it's changed with the NIL deals and um, those kind of things people can get, you know, not – paid but they can get endorsed and those kind of things so it's better now but in when i was there and you know the first couple of years out i was i'm like like hate i hate ncaa like it, it's, it's just <laughs> because it, it, it's like a, it, it's like an age-old like argument uh you know people who you know weren't athletes or they weren't on scholarship they're like oh you get uh your tuition and boarding and all that for free um so you had you know though you had those arguments and then you also like I you know I get that but like these these schools these this this NCA you know they're making billions of dollars millions of dollars off of you know the individual and you know people there you know they were especially at Villanova like you know people are well off like they're not missing meals or they're not worried about that you know that for us like you know we weren't what well, we didn't come from like well off backgrounds I had no actual you know money. Think about it this way. I played in uh, the national championship game where we beat Carolina and, and Chris Jenkins hit, you know, the buzzer beater, which is probably. Iconic um, shot. The, the Yeah, probably like one of the most bad and like the Christian Leitner shot, like one of the most iconic college basketball shots ever. Right. And, and Chris ended up not really playing professional. I have like a short stint uh, playing professionally. Um but think about it, like this this guy and he was, when he did it he was a junior came back uh, for his senior year but this guy hit one of if not the biggest shot ever in college basketball it was all over the place and he couldn't get anything from it some of these guys won't have the opportunity to play 
professionally, but they're good players um, who can generate revenue for themselves and use that as a uh, stepping stool, you know, for the for the next step in their life. You mentioned the famous national championship game. What was that whole experience like for you, winning the national championship? I mean, March Madness is so iconic in itself. I think you were the leading scorer on that team, and of course that 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 was a big yeah, deal. It was um, it was it was cool, man. Like we were on on top of the world, so to say, for for that whole year. But it it was fun. I mean, you watch college basketball, uh, especially March Madness. You watch that since you were a kid. You know, you you know, you know. Once you, at the end of the tournament, they play the one shining moment song. And you have all the highlights from the tournament. You have the upset. You have everything that goes around. Everyone's watching uh, March Madness. So to win that and win it in the fashion that we did, it was just so surreal. Um, it was just so cool, and and I didn't realize how much weight that held you know, with other other teams, other NBA guys and doing those kind of things. Even now, people people look at me, they're like, hey, man, you, you got a national championship. Like, it, it's just one of those things where it's like you carry it around with you. And, like, people look at you like, oh, he's a winner. Oh, he's a national champion. Oh, he's this, that, and the other. It, it was so real at the time and even now. Well, it's amazing. So you go on to um, the NBA. Uh, you're having the best season of your career right now, so congratulations. What's changed for you as a player in the NBA versus, say, your your college days? And you're on Whoop, so we'll get into that in a minute. But let's talk a little bit about training and recovery, how you think about your body. Yeah, so I have a really bad um, a really bad sweet tooth. Uh, and if you ask anybody in college and all that, they know, like, if you wanted snacks, you wanted candy, ice cream, and all that, just go to just go to my dorm and I'll have just a plethora of uh, all of that. So in college and even like the first year or two when I was in LA, eating habits were ter- were not good. Like, and, and it was and it was weird because the Villanova coach Wright and our strength coach coach Shaq, they're very healthy. They they had like the best stuff for us. You know, when we're having meals at hotels, it'll be like grass-fed beef it would be like wild caught fish and those kind of things like it was just super super healthy and i still had a, a really bad sweet tooth so you know first couple of years didn't really pay too much attention to it just did that but then after i got the new you know got traded to new orleans i started really looking at my diet and hiring a chef and really trying to figure out how i can be at my peak performance but not you know not also just peak performance but also peak recovery because the biggest thing with the NBA is always about recovery. Because you have 82 games, you know, not including preseason or playoffs. You're traveling every other day, it feels like, unless you have a homestand. Um, so you're on planes, you're going to different time zones, you're doing all these things. So the biggest thing for you to do is recover. And that's obviously eating right, hydrating, um, and and kind of just having other things like infrared sauna that I bought that really helped, you know, get the toxins out of my body and stuff like that. So it's something that I really um, dialed in once I got to New Orleans, honestly. And actually, that's how I, you know, started with Whoop because Drew Holiday uh, was my teammate, and I saw him using it. And I was like, all right, like that's that's cool. It tracks my sleep, it tracks my output, it does all those kind of things. All right, like let me try that out. And I've been doing it for the last couple of years. Um, but that's kind of how my thought process and my actions change from being a you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kid loving candy to now trying to eat as healthy as possible, trying to get my sleep, trying to do those kind of things to to help me be at peak performance. 
Well, it's been awesome to see you on Whoop, and, and thanks for being uh, part of our community. And talk for a second about uh, sleep. What sorts of uh, things have you found uh, really help you with sleep? And and by the way, one thing I think is underestimated for fans of you know about pro athletes, like you guys will play a an eight p.m. game, you're all jacked up like in the fourth quarter to try to win the game, and theoretically you should be asleep like you know sixty minutes after that game. So it's hard to it's hard to go from that high of high in front of tens of thousands of fans to then all of a sudden boom being asleep. Game days and travel days is always is always kind of tough, especially for for me how I play. You know, I, you know, I'll take like some pre workout type thing. You know, so I'll caffeinated drinks and stuff and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so like my body would be going a hundred miles an hour, and then my game's over at nine o'clock, nine thirty. I get I get to my house at ten. 10, 15, sometimes, you know, the, the wifey or myself wants to eat and we, and we go somewhere, get dinner and we don't get to the house until like 11, 11, 30, 12. And that's like, I, I got, I got to wake up at nine the next morning, but I, but I'm sitting in, in my bed until two o'clock, like, just like, can't go to sleep. I'm just like uneasy, restless and all those things just cause I'm just, the adrenaline is going from the game. So you have that when you do that and then you fly or you're, take the whole day of flying and I hate flying. So I'll go to sleep when I fly and then I land and I'm just like, well, I just slept for four hours. It's now 11 o'clock and I'm not tired at all. So it's like the, the, the sleep is probably the toughest thing for me, but there's been a couple of things that I've done in terms of just trying to you know, get off my phone, uh, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes before, um, trying to go to sleep or, you know, I'm, uh, one of the products I, I work with is uh, the company Thorn, and they have this uh, called Pro Recovery Drink that has um, what's the ingredient that it has? Magnesium, um, melatonin, magnesium. Something. Yes, yeah. mag, uh, magnesium. Um, so I'll take that, you know, 30, 45 minutes before I go to sleep, and that'll kind of help me just kind of relax. So my body just kind of relax and kind of get into, you know, going to sleep and help me get, you know, get to REM quicker and stay in REM and do those kind of things so my body can really recover. So it's, it's sleep definitely is tough, you know, in the NBA with the travel and the games and all that, but you just got to try to find little areas, you know, to maximize it. Well, you, you shared some of your whoop data with us. You actually get like a lot of REM and slow wave sleep. So you're a very good sleeper. Like you're, you're averaging, you know, roughly over four hours of REM and slow wave sleep combined a night. And that makes you not just a great professional athlete, but a great sleeper, uh, which, which often those things can be correlated. Uh, March 13th, a couple of weeks ago, you had your most points ever in a game. Uh, 44 points, great night. And you shared your, uh, your whoop data. You had 91% recovery, which was their highest since January. Um, your HRV was 130. Are you pulling up the data right now? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Your resting heart rate, 44 beats per minute. That's pretty damn low. And you got <laughs> two hour, 36 REM, two hour, uh, nine minute slow wave sleep. So that was a nice cocktail of recovery uh, right mm. before that career high. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that was a coincidence. Uh, you know, I had a, you know, a, a heck of a game. With, with having you know 91% recovery and, and those kind of things and the the biggest thing like I said is just the recovery aspect of it and honestly I didn't really put too much emphasis on it until I got whoop and not because I'm like oh 
whoop, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, lock in or those kind of things, but because I'm able to see and, and actively see, you know, my REM sleep or see my recovery or those kind of things, it makes me more conscious of it. So now it's like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm an old guy. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to wake up at nine o'clock or whatever, eh? not nine in, nine in the morning. I'm like, all right, like I try to be in bed by 10. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to be in bed by 10. I'm going to have Netflix on or something. And I'm going to slowly go to sleep. So that means I can go to sleep by 11. I can get like a good nine, 10 hours in, get my REM sleep and do all, all those kind of things. So that was like the coolest thing was actually why, uh, you know, I started with not even about the performance, was, but it was the recovery aspect of it. Because sometimes you don't notice you now how bad your sleep is. Or you don't realize um, how little you're sleeping until you actually see it charted. And then you're like, okay, wow, I can not do this at night. I can hop off the video games an hour early and it can make, you know, a monumental difference in terms of, you know, your recovery. So once I started seeing it, once I started tracking it, you know, like, okay, now I know what I have to do. I have to do these things before bed, or I have to try to be in bed by 10 o'clock, or I have to try to take a little naps throughout the day. If, if I have something where I have to wake up earlier, and I can't get as much sleep. Let me take a nap in, during that day to help me get to you know the recovery that I want. Yeah, I mean, you described that so well. It's the the key theme for us is you know you can only really manage what you measure, and all athletes mm, exactly. will say recovery is important. But then if they don't have something to measure it to kind of understand what are the ins and outs of my recovery, uh, there's just a lack of accountability. And you described it so well. Just this this sort of personal accountability you now feel seeing your recovery and thinking about sleep every day. You know, I love that. And it it was a lot of the inspiration for starting Whoop was this idea that athletes are going to want this, one, because they understand recovery, but two, because they're also competitive creatures, right? And, you know, we want to know what's going on in our bodies. And if someone's uh, faster than you, the same way someone's better than you at sleeping, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, maybe I should be Maybe I should be getting more sleep than this person, right? Maybe I should be recovering faster than this person. So it changes the paradigm uh, for which you're you're even thinking about your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, it, we're competitive people. We're competitive creatures. So even like in the this past year in New Orleans, Garrett Temple uh, uses Woo. So there was that time we'll wake, uh, we'll get into the facility. And we're like, yo, what's up? And they would just shout, we'll shout like, like, yo, 86. <laughs> and like so i just know oh he had 86 and like we're in like a little group with like oh he had 86 percent recovery and i don't think i'm like i right, like i got i got i got to outdo him tomorrow i got to get my good i got to be in bed by this time i got to do those kind of things and it's like you said it's cool it's, it's it's fun especially when you have a friend or two that are in it and you're in a group or or you guys talk all the time and you kind of share that and you're like and you can look like yeah or like one of my one of my good friends stan uh williams who's actually the strength coach at new orleans right now um, he, he had it and we'll, we'll go back and forth with that. Or he'll look at, he'll like peer into mine and be like, dang, bro, you ain't get no sleep last night. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, I was tossing and turning. I couldn't, I couldn't, I ain't go to sleep to two game day. You know what I mean? So it's cool, especially when you have people that use the product and you can kind of compete and kind of have fun with it. Then it makes it even an even better experience because you're able to maintain and track your own progress, but also kind of compete against, uh, you know, your friends with it. When you wake up with a lower recovery than you'd like, even on a game day, for example, how do you mentally handle that? What are, and, and do you change anything about your behavior or what you'll do that day before the game? Uh, sometimes, like, especially I feel like this year, 
my routine was more down pat. Like I'll go to shoot around, I'll come back, chill for an hour or two, maybe play some video games, and now like I have to sleep like two hours, like I or an hour and a half. I have to get like this little window win, and when I got traded, like I, that that was all trying to get time zones and all that. I was trying to like switch up my routine and all that, but um, it was like right, I'll wake up and I'll see like dang, I only had you know, 50% recovery, I only had 60% recovery. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me tack on like 30 more minutes into the snap and then do that. Let me, and then I go, then I'm like, I'm like, I feel a little tired. Let me, let me, and I'll take, like I said, I'll take pre, pre-workout or, you know, pre-game drink. I'm like, maybe I'm, maybe I might need a little bit more. And like, there'll be, there'll be games where I'll like, I'll take, you know, my pre-workout and I just, and I know I didn't sleep well. I know I didn't get a good sleep or whatever. I'll be like, I'll have that. And then I'll have like a little Celsius on top, so I'm amped. So I'm just like, I, right, I'm, I'm, I'm just running on it. The only bad thing about it is, like, it, it will kind of make up for not having that recovery. But then I know if I did that, like, I'm going to be up until three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. But um, you know, it, it goes into my like thought process in terms of like how I structure my day, just because I'm like, all right, if if I sit there with fifty percent recovery, I know I'm not going to be myself i'm not going to be at peak performance later that night so i try to structure my day around that in terms of taking naps or the things i eat or drink before before games just because i'm like i I know i have to have even some extra fuel because i wasn't able to recover i wasn't able to get get back to where i wanted to in terms of you know recovery wise in terms of what additional stuff you might eat what what would that include and this is one of one of the bad habits i have like i'll eat like uh lunch at like 12 and then i'll have a game at seven right and i'm sometimes i'm I'm not a great eater like i'll try to eat healthy but i'm not a great eater in terms of like i'll eat a meal and then like game day i don't eat until after the game so like i would have one meal and like i'll get to the arena and like i have i always have like peanut butter and jelly um popcorn and mike and ike's like i like I'll have like, you know, those kind of things that I'll snack on that. But I know like if I don't have something, I'm like, all right, let me have some type of like protein bar. Let me have like some more fruit, like a banana that helps, you know, just, you know, with, you know, cramping, but also just helps with, you know, sustaining energy and those kind of things. So I'm like, all right, if I don't do that, then I have to make sure I if I'm snacking, I do that or I'll just have an extra meal when I get to the facility. Like I, I need something to kind of power me through this game or this workout or whatever it is. So. Um, those are like the kind of things that I will kind of do. Um, like I said, I'll take the pre-work, you know, the, my little pre-game workout drink. And then if I need the, the added bump, I also have like a little Celsius or something like that, a little en- caffeinated energy drink. But, um, you know, that's something that all varies in terms of, you know, how well I recovered. Who are other athletes that, you know, you admire or you listen to or, you know, resources for you as you think about becoming the best version of yourself? Yeah, so Drew Holiday. Who, who is one um, who, who takes uh, amazing care of his body. Kyle Lowry, uh, someone who, who, again, takes... Another whoop um, guy. ...has been at the highest level. Exactly. Another whoop guy is someone who's been at the highest level for I don't know how many years, um, but someone who takes care of his body religiously. Who else? You know, Jalen Brunson, some of the same. So, like, those guys. And even uh, my year with Bron, I was able to kind of see how he kind of takes care of his body, the thing that he put... 
puts into his body, the time they put in the gym, not just on the court, but in the weight room or doing flexibility stretches in the treatment room. So I'm, I'm seeing those guys and I'm taking bits and pieces from those guys. You ever pick Mike Mancius's brain? This Mike Mancius is LeBron James's trainer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit, not too much. Uh, I wish, I wish I did a little bit more because he's someone obviously who's um, at the top of his field. He's someone obviously working with one of the best athletes, just athletes in general of all time. So I wish I was in the space I am now. Yeah, you know, when you met three, him. Yeah, three, four years ago when I, when I was uh, in LA with those guys, and I could have picked the brain even more. So and Mike, Mike got on Whoop in like 2015. And LeBron was probably one of our first like hundred users. It was pretty crazy just how early they adopted Whoop at the time. And certainly was like validating for us because we were this little startup no one had heard of at the time. Yeah, nah, definitely, man. Because I know those those guys, the way that that they work, the, the way that they take care of his body is just something that's just so, it's just crazy to see. Um, And like I said, I saw it firsthand, you know, only for a year, but you 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 know why he's at the level that he is for as long is because he take he's able to take care of his body you know that much and obviously you know it helps when you have that that bankroll and you have <laughs> you have so many resources you can kind of do it but um you know even when you're not there you're able to, you know at that level you're able to do take small bits and pieces of it whether that's the work that you put in a gym or just you know taking little pieces of like or just wearing a whoop and being more conscious of your sleep or being more conscious of um, your workout or your patterns and doing those kind of things. So, yeah, man, I wish I was able to pick their brain a little more. But Well, you're well on your way. You know, I, I the thing I've found in getting to, to meet, you know, a lot of professional athletes and be around that world is it seems like it's it's as much about, like, sacrifice and time when it comes to recovery as anything else. You know, it's it's choosing not to go out. It's choosing to go to bed earlier. It's choosing to stay for two hours after the game instead of 15 minutes. You know, it's like it, it's so time consuming to treat your body the way you guys treat your bodies at that level. There was a couple of times like I went out and I, I, I actually don't really go out during the season, but there was a couple of times that I went out and I didn't even wear my whoop. Like I, I normally <laughs> I wear my whoop everywhere, but like. It was, it was like a three or four day span where I was just like, I was like, I'm not putting my whoop on. Cause like, I know I'm going to, I know my recovery is going to be terrible. Like, I'm going to be in the red. I'm going to be at like 2%. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm going to feel bad. And then I'm going to visibly see it. And I'm like, yo, this <laughs> feels even worse. So I didn't do that. But no, it, it takes sacrifice. Cause it's like, all right, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out, you know, with, with some of my teammates because I need to get, you know, cause I had, I, I, especially myself, like how hard I play in games. Like I need my rest. Like I take a beating in terms of just physically, just how I play. So I need, you know, to let my body, you know, rest and just relax. So you, you like, there's going to be times where you, you know, your teammates are going out and, and you can't because you're like, yeah, I, I just, I gotta get to bed. I, I gotta get some sleep. Or there's going to be certain activities that you would want to do, but you know, you know, I, yeah, I probably shouldn't because it's, it's, it's not going to help me out. Whether that's in terms of recovery or, or whatever it is. Like it's not gonna help me out. So you always have to have that sacrifice. And I don't think there's a professional athlete in this world, honestly, who who's got to where they are without sacrificing anything, with with, with doing totally. everything that they wanted. That, that's not how that's not how it works. And like I didn't know how 
bad my sleep was until I started seeing it on Whoop. But now it's I also see how good it is. I also yeah, see right. the benefits from sacrificing. So it's not like I'm sacrificing and I don't see the benefits of it. I don't, I don't reap the reward of it. I'm able to see how good my sleep was or I feel or I wake up feeling refreshed or I don't wake up feeling tired and I'm able to kind of be at my best in terms of on the court just because I sacrifice and, and I was able to kind of let my body relax. So I was able to you know, do better, you know, just because of that. Yeah, I mean, really well said. And if you look back on the last, let's call it 10 or 12 years, like, have there been um, certain ways that you've judged your overall health and fitness? I mean, obviously, looking at whoop data for the past few years, that's one way to judge your health and fitness. Uh, I know some athletes who like, they say if they're at a certain weight, they know that's their fittest weight. Uh, I know some athletes that have like, you know, certain weights that they want to be able to lift, like, oh, if I'm benching this or squatting this, or if my 40 time is this, do you have any of, of that um, as a notion or for you, is it more about how you feel like? Yeah, for for me, it's more about uh, really more about how I feel. And obviously that, that you know, that, that thought process is always just dependent on the person and, and their beliefs and those kind of things. But for me, it's just about how I feel because I could go to the gym you know, as a, as a basketball player, I can go to the gym, I can sit there, I can rep, you know, 225 or do, you know, 400 pound deadlifts or do sure. something like that. And it doesn't translate onto the court right. or, or do those kind of things. So I, I try not to track in terms of what my weight output is, you know, in, in the in the weight room or what my body weight is. Granted, I, I want to have like a target body weight of you know, between 215 and 220, 225. It's like, so you know, fairly narrow kind of range. The least yeah. I want. Yeah, fairly narrow. You know, it's like a 10 pound window, but it's more so just about how I feel. And obviously, when I'm, you know, able to track, you know, my output and my recovery and do those kind of things, it's easier to do that because I'm, I know I'm going to be waking up feeling refreshed when I, when I get good sleep or I see those kind of things. So um, that's kind of what I do, just more so just the tracking with, you know, obviously whoop, but, um, you know, more so just how I feel, you know, when I wake up. Do you have any mental practice like um, visualization or some kind of mindfulness meditation, anything like that? Not yet. And, and that's something that I was always, you know, my parents were a little bit old school. So I was just always just keep it, you know, just keep it moving. And I, and I didn't really think too much of it but especially now um i'm starting to try to be a little bit more in tune to my mental health side of it and you can you can ask my wife and, and she hates it she wants me to, you know i'm a very proper person i don't talk i don't really talk too much about my problems or those kind sure, of things right, yeah. so so that's something that i think is the next step for me i, I you know i i worked on eating habits i worked on trying to focus on, you know, getting better sleep, getting better recovery, uh, those kind of things. I think the next obstacle for me to work on is having people to talk to, like whether it's a therapist, you know, team-wise or, you know, um, using some of the apps like Calm or Headspace or doing those kind of things, just kind of really start to feed myself mentally because physically is, it's one hat, you know, it's one part of it, but especially during a season like ours, a lot of it is mental. So I think that's the next thing that I'm going to try to tackle. I would if I were you. You know, I I certainly know plenty of athletes that don't have a formal practice, but I, 
I, I can't think of a professional athlete who I've met who's started trying that. Again, whether it's a visualization practice or some kind of meditation, um, and who hasn't found it beneficial in one way or another. That doesn't necessarily mean they do it before every single game or every single morning or whatever, but it's sort of like a new tool in your toolkit. You know, the same way that you've figured out a few things to do before bed or you've figured out a few foods not to eat. It's a tool that, that you can sort of rely on from time to time. And who knows, maybe, maybe it becomes something you do all the time. There's a decent amount of athletes that I've talked to that, that do things like that. And, you know, growing up and before I kind of actually started, you know, seeing it, I always thought like, oh, like visualization or like, you know, um, meditating. I always thought it was like the monk style, like sit, sit crisscross applesauce, like, and, and do that for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Like, that's always how I thought. And it was a really ignorant way of thinking. But now, like... You know, I'll talk to people and they and something that they do is not even it might just be them waking up five minutes earlier and, and kind of just sitting there and just thinking about how they can conquer the day or doing doing little things like that, where it's something that's even not time consuming, something that's, you know, takes a couple minutes out your day and it just kind of helps them mentally. And that's something that I feel like, you know, I could do, even though. You know, I'm on the run, you know, a lot of times, especially during the season, I'm on the, you know, on the go doing those kind of things. But, you know, waking up five minutes earlier and, you know, just kind of sitting there, not being on my phone, just kind of, you know, in, in a quiet room and doing those kind of things and just kind of thinking of, you know, things, things I can get better at and doing those kind of things is something that honestly I should really do. I'm saying it now, I should really do it, practice what I preach, but um, it's something that I think I definitely, you know, going to try to tackle. Well, you try it and you let me know uh, how it goes. We also see a positive response within WHOOP data. Like typically people who meditate sleep better or they'll have a lower resting heart rate or a lower respiratory rate. So there's some general oh, wow. some general health benefits too, uh, independent from, from performance. I'll say this. I mean, I've now interviewed and gotten to spend time with a lot of high-performance people. Yes, sports, but also business leaders and elsewhere. And I've just been shocked how many people – have some kind of uh, meditative practice in their life. And t and often it's people you would never expect. Like people come across as like total killers. And uh, uh -huh. here they are doing this sort of woo-woo thing in the morning. Uh, last question for you. If you're talking to a star college athlete right now, what advice are you giving him about the road to making it? I'll probably say just two things in terms of actually one is one on the court and you know, the off the court and, and we've talked all the time, you know, this whole podcast about the off the court, but on the court, the biggest thing I would say is just find your niche in this league because it's something that, that, that you know, this, this actually, it, it really resonated with me. I was in my senior year of Villanova. We, we played in Wells Fargo for some of our games, the arena that the Sixers play in. So uh, when we did when we would play down there the day before we would practice there and do those kind of things or do shoot around there. So one day we did that and then the Rockets were playing Philly that night. So we saw that we you know me and a couple of the other seniors Chris Jenkins and Daryl Reynolds and Coach Wright um, we were able to see kind of their shoot around and Pat Bev uh, Pat Bev's you know talk shit however pat bev does to to everybody that any and everybody that's going to listen to him right um and he says under coach right and he was just like not everyone can be a james harden but anybody can be a pat bev like i'm, I'm getting paid being a pat bev and i kind of looked at that i'm like 
I feel like that's 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 a real that's a real thing because you know some people are gifted scorers. You know, some people are just gifted physically, um, like KD, just like body types, Giannis, those kind of people are gifted just physically that you no, know, I can't compete with. But you can find your niche, and like mine is, you know, rebounding, defensive intensity, playmaking, uh, transition, doing those kind of things. So my thing to those guys would be find your niche, find what you're good at in this league, and and do that to the best of your ability. And when you do that, you know, that leads to winning. That leads to you getting paid. And that's you know two things that we all you know in, in this league we all want. So there's that part of it, and then the other part is really lock in in terms of how you take care of your body and like i said i wish i did it you know right when i got to league like right when you get to league get a chef find you know people to talk to in terms of mentally uh and and make sure your mental health is right you know get a you know get a whoop or get something that you're able to kind of track your performance and your sleep and those kind of things they really lock in on um you know how your body goes because obviously one day the ball's gonna stop bouncing for everybody but we're only going to go as far as our body lets us take us. So we got to make sure we feel our bodies to make sure that's going to be as long as possible. So those would be the two things. Just make sure you find your niche and make sure you take care of your your body and make sure you you know take care of your mind. Great advice, man. And and this has been a real pleasure for me. And I hope we uh, we get to connect in person. You let me know next time you're in Boston or, or likewise when I'm in a city where you're playing. It'll be fun to meet up. But thank you for being on Whoop and, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And, and thanks for the, uh, you know, the product. For me, I always talk to, you know, like we have a performance lady in, in Portland. I'm just like, I, I think Whoop is the best. And, I'm like, it, and it's most convenient for athletes because you have other things like oil ring but it's like i can't hoop in an oil ring i can't work i can't do weights in an oil ring or those kind of things like apple watch i can't do all that but like if you see me i'm wearing my whoop all the time in games i actually have it under my sleeve uh, i like the that, strap yeah. under my, with the arm strap so um so thank you for like i said having me on and thank you for the product man because i know i love it and i know there's a lot of athletes that love it that you don't even know love it so thank you Thanks to Josh for coming on the Whoop Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the Whoop Podcast, be sure to leave a rating or review. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, you can find us on social at Whoop at Will Ahmed, and you can get 15% off a Whoop membership if you use the code Will. That's W-I-L-L. All right, folks, that's all for now, and we will see you next week.